Hello, Flinvar here. It's been one heck of a night. Oh, we were doing a heist, and then we were fighting a monster in an arena, and then we were running for our lives. Bobby was not going to give up after Marvelous told him to kill us, and we were trying to get away before the arena collapsed. Things got super tense when we tried to hide, and Bobby just started killing random civilians instead. We couldn't have that. So we jumped back in to deal with him once and for all. And all it took was a cheapo magic item from Murphy's bargain bin to make him forget his order to kill us. Whew. We managed to disable him by removing his eyes and then Ace Ellie finally collapsed into itself thanks to the damage done to the arena. I had a dream about a bluebird and when I woke up, we were being arrested by the Admiral. I hope the food in prison is good. Everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's Parchment Company. My name is Penny D. I will be your DM today, and my favorite board game is actually Settlers of Catan. It is the longest, weirdest, most complicated, like idiot fest board game, and I love getting together. It takes like four hours to play. Uh, and there's always one person who like never like spends four hours never getting any resources. And if you end up as that person, it's the worst. But uh, any other time, it's great fun. I love getting together with my family and just like all playing because we like come up with stupid backstories for all of our towns. Just a really cool game to play. If anyone ever wants to play Catan, I've got like six player version and a big table. So yeah, that's my jam. Penny, have you played Munchkin? Because I feel like you'd really enjoy Munchkin. I have actually played Munchkin. Yeah, Munchkin's really fun. I played it with Nate. I'm Nathan, and I play Flinvar the Halfling Bard, and my favourite board game at the moment is a toss-up between Dutch Blitz, which Cece introduced me to, my That's a good Hell yes. and Wingspan. Oh my god, yes. You're in charge of your, little bo- your own little boards, which works well with Cece because she's very competitive, <laughs> and co-op is the way that we do it, unless it's not directly competitive, but you control your own little habitats, and the aim is to just fill your beautiful board with, with beautiful birds and we've got the Oceana expansion pack for my birthday and it's got like New Zealand and Australasian birds. I super want to play the Oceania one. So good, so good. Can we quit podcasting and just become a board game group from now on? Because this is... Like, yes, please. Well, like, I don't want to quit the podcasting, but I'd love to play more board games with you guys. <laughs> okay, hi, my name's Steph and I play Frankie. My currently favorite board game well, not current, it's been my favorites for a while, is a tie between Seven Wonders and Love Letter. Oh, I love them both. I've never played Seven Wonders. What's that one about? Pretty much Seven Wonders. Your powers of description are unparalleled. (laughs) (laughs) I know! I'm so good at podcasting because I can just describe exactly what I'm seeing. Paint me a word picture. I hope I'm describing it right, but like, you're kind of in like buying the various wonders of the world i think i haven't played it for a while and i've only played it like twice and i'm like i fucking love this and there's so many different like expansions and it's just a really cool game to play love letters like coup isn't it a little bit sort of we have played it yeah the princess one princess ever after version yeah i have the batman version 
Hello everyone, my name's Liz and I played Karen, your favourite dwarf barbarian. My favourite board game is a board game called Scotland Yard. And it's semi-popular all over the world, but it was pretty rare in New Zealand because my mother used to work for a board game company and they imported a limited number of boards to see if the New Zealand audiences would like it. Turns out, nah, not enough to import it. But my mum got to keep the board, and that meant that every single weekend, my family would play Scotland Yard. Probably should have called it like Ponsonby Yard or something to really get us to... <laughs> Kiwi-fy it. But it's really fun. It's, a game, it's, set, it's set in London, and you either play a cooperative game with other cops, or you are the thief. And the point of the game is to either catch the thief when you're the cops, or if you're the thief, get away from the cops scot-free. And it's really fun. It sounds a little bit like Among Us, like in, in some ways. Where is, is the thief a secret, like who the thief is? Yeah. You don't guess who the thief is, but you have to catch them on the board. So they have to move around the board and get away from people. And all the cops have to work together to find them on the board and capture them. So it's really fun. It's a really cool game. I really like it. <laughs> Nice. That sounds really fun. Cool. Hi, I am Poppy. I play Ida for the Tiefling Rogue. So I work for a board game company, and so I have quite a few. So I'm just going to list a couple off the top of my head. First off, favorite game of all time is Scythe. Stone My Games. Actually, all Stone My Games are fantastic. Highly recommend. Favorite game at the moment is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. It is very heavy, but fantastic if you love strategy it's co-op so that's fun favorite game to play with my family is probably five crowns it's such a good game yeah like just a classic rummy style card game love it it's a good game yeah i've played that one <laughs> my favorite game if i'm just playing like solo or whatever is got to be azul it's really chill tile placement game oh it's so pretty too it's so pretty yeah and there's so many different versions now they're coming out with a new one like a, it looks like a chocolate box mm. but yeah so lots of different games plus love all the games that you guys mentioned as well so you know i had a, i had a really good look at that scythe game because the box is super like super pretty yeah i'd be keen to try it out actually if that's your favorite game because i trust you when it comes to like what's a good game yeah you you always have great suggestions yeah also, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, this isn't a board games podcast. It is a role-playing game podcast, specifically Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, although, it, how many times have we suggested that we change our podcast to something new? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a podcast pitching podcast. This is a D&D podcast. And it's time to play some Dungeons and Dragons. How do we all feel about that? Yeah, really good. Let's do it. The city around you is in ruin. Ace Avenue has collapsed in on the underground arena that was hidden beneath it. And in the crater, the four of you are surrounded by smoke and fire and robots. While a pale woman in military regalia stands over you. The Admiral stares at the Imperial Seal in her hand and then back at all of you. She has an absolutely furious look on her face and she nods at the surrounding Warforged. Hold them still. The Admiral takes her time 
going through your pockets, the insides of your jackets, patting down your pants legs <laughs> until she finds all of your Imperial seals. No, not sexy, not sexy, Idafa, dangerous. <laughs> dangerous and intimidating and scary. She finds all of your Imperial seals and she stares at you for a long time. And you can hear outside of the crater, people screaming and crying and pulling each other out of rubble. And the Admiral eventually walks up and grabs Frankie by the collar. Where did you get these? Those? Uh, uh, we were given them on account of our good behavior? Frankie tries to lighten the mood with a bit of humor. <laughs> Roll me a deception check, Frankie. <laughs> okay, okay, deception. Oh, Frankie's not very charismatic. Frankie got, oh, that's a 19. The Admiral does sort of like look you up and down, takes in your like lack of shoes. <laughs> You're fairly well dressed and like honestly the criminals of this world all wear like cheese cutters and suspenders and so like you don't look like a criminal. <laughs> and the Admiral like lets you go, lets your collar go and like looks around at the, you know, collapsed piece of city that we're all standing in and says, You're all under arrest. Do not resist. Okay, but you might want to talk to your sister, uh, the administrator, about our seals. Hmm. You are under arrest for possession of magical artifacts, destruction of city property, endangerment of the populace, and being illegal, unregistered agents of my foolish sister, and undermining my purpose. Okay, well, this sounds like a family issue, so maybe you should talk to your sister about that. Yes, to be fair, we didn't know that we were unregistered by your sister or undermining your influence. Yeah. Also, that big piece there wasn't us. That's not our fault. Yes, also that. Frankie's like standing still next to the Admiral and he kind of like elbows her like sisters, am I right? <laughs> oh, don't elbow her. Oh. No, we're definitely going to jail now. While you're all goofing and protesting and trying to make your cases, you're all handcuffed by Warforged and like led to the back of a guard wagon. So you have to like walk up out of the crater into the back of a guard wagon. There's still lots of smoke around, so it's really hard to see what's going on. And several Warforged do climb in with you. And as the cart starts to move, through the barred window in the back, you can see the rising plume of smoke that is Ace Alley slowly retreating behind you. I was just gonna say like, hi to one of the Warforged. Hello. Oh, oh. Uh, how's your day going? It is very bad. There is lots of crime and the city is being broken. Oh man, I wonder how that could have happened. <laughs> Does anyone do anything else or we just sit quietly in the cart, wait for it to get where it's going? No, Karen's kind of shell-shocked. She's been handcuffed, and she feels kind of cowed by that. Frankie was, would have just like sort of sit there very quietly because he doesn't want to incriminate himself anymore. Eventually, the cart does stop, and the door opens, and the Admiral is standing there, looking impatient. Out. Please. <laughs> oh, God. She ignores you. Do you climb out of the cart? I don't climb out of the cart. Yeah, Karen will follow. Frankie will stumble out of the cart. No. Roll me a history check, everybody. Karen, you can have advantage. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm going to take it. That is a 19 for Karen. That is a 12 for Ida. That is a not natural 20 for Frankie. Nine for Flynn. <laughs> Karen and Frankie, you guys know that you're actually not at the prison. 
Karen, you went there recently because you were visiting Bob. And Frankie, you just think that the prison's a really interesting looking building and you've read a lot of books about it. But you're actually at the Imperial Palace. You can tell because of the big dome on the main building. But you're actually like around the side somewhere. It's an angle that you would never be able to see from the, you know, publicly accessible streets. Frankie would just go to Idafer and he'd be like, hey, you know, we're actually at the Imperial Palace. You could tell because of the dome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unfact about that dome. It was built in a city not from here, and it had to be transported in pieces and then reassembled once it was, you know, in place. Oh, thanks, Frankie. That's some very cool knowledge you have there. The Admiral leads you to a large iron door, and she has the Warforged open it. It's very heavy, and she gestures you all inside. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have The Warforged close the door from the outside and do not come into the palace, leaving you four and the Admiral alone together. She gestures you further into the palace and kind of just walks and expects you to follow. Everyone make perception checks. 16 for Karen. 11 for Flynn. 11 for Ido. Natural one for Frankie. (laughs) Oh, of course. (laughs) Yep. So you're walking through this grand marble building and your footsteps are echoing through the hallway. You could see a lot of rooms, lounges, massage parlors, libraries, dining spaces. And Karen, you notice that all of them are not only empty, but have signs that they haven't been used for a long time. Like they're tidy, but they, they are unused and completely empty. And aside from yourselves and the Admiral, you do not see one other single person anywhere in the palace. The Admiral leads you into a small room with only the one exit. There are comfortable cushioned seats, magazines on a coffee table, and a, you know, grand looking fireplace. Even the rug looks really luxurious. And she gestures you inside and uncuffs each of your handcuffs and says, I'm sure that you have the capacity to leave. But do not. And she leaves, and you hear a couple of like clunks in the door as the door is locked behind you, and you're left alone. I turn to the table, like, this must be rich person jail. Like, I feel like we need a four course meal here. Frankie laughs nervously at the joke. (laughs) Good one, Ida. (laughs) I'm going to have to separate you two. The two naughty kids in the back of class. No one, no one knows we're here. This isn't the jail. I, I, anything could happen to us here and no one would ever know. I don't think this is the time for jokes, boys. Karen is freaking out. Karen, Karen and Ida goes over to it. He's like, it, it'll be okay. We've been, I feel like we've been through worse. We almost died just then. The fact we didn't, pretty, pretty good odds we're not going to die now. So... I don't know. This is... This is politics. This is... This is what I ran away from at my at my old home. This is all things that I... I uh, <sighs> Karen and Ido pats her back. Karen just sits down on one of the chairs and like puts her head between her knees. They're very comfy. Very comfortable. Karen, it will be okay. We will be fine. <sighs> just take a deep breath. And out. Frankie pats her on the other side. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You die? I mean, you die, then you don't have to worry about it. Frankie's not good at controlling anybody. I'm sorry. (laughs) Karen starts hyperventilating again. She's like, okay, 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 okay. I think, I think it's best if we all sit down. And Frankie, it's, it's good to see you again. 
Please don't say that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Frankie sits in the chair next to her. <laughs> you guys really haven't had the chance to address that Frankie like popped out of thin air with a big lobster thing. That's same old Frankie. What, what's Flynn up to? So I think Flynn will be pacing slightly along the edge of the really nice rug, just beside where these guys are sitting on the couch, trying to think, like, what could, you know, how could I talk my way out of this? And yeah, also, still a bit stunned about the whole giant lobster Frankie thing. And all that's going through his mind is like, there's a lot more casualties than the giant geese. <laughs> a lot more casualties than the giant geese. Remember when life was simpler and we just had giant geese to worry about? Yeah, I do remember that. Frankie, we're in... So, so you know how we were like, oh, well, we'd better keep this whole magic thing a secret. And we thought we were doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Turns out, Hoss, I don't know if you remember him. He was that dwarf who we stole everything from. Yes, I yes, him in yes, the balls. you did do that. Yeah, I remember the kicking in the balls. Right? Turns out he's been following us the whole time, collecting information on us. And he has this whole dossier of blackmail, and... He's definitely dead, by the way. He he had this accomplice that had the information, and he was he said, Oh, if you kill me, my, my accomplice will release everything, and now he's dead, and I... <sighs> it's been getting... It's been getting pretty freaky up in here, Frankie. I hope you had a nice time wherever you were. Where were you? I'm pretty sure I was in some form of uh, extra-dimensional heaven. Oh. Uh, I met Six. Uh, they were there. Who is Six? Amulet, my- Six is- My guy is my guy. Yeah, that, that's right. It's it's Ido's guy. Ido's guy? Yeah, Amulet guy. The Amulet guy. Oh, oh wow. of course. Okay. Was he cool as me? <laughs> No, no, not at all. Other than he did do this really cool thing with these wispy fairy things, and then he'd catch one, and then he'd kill it and make it a bullet, but then he didn't kill it because it wasn't really dead, but it's not really alive. It's really complicated to explain. Gravity wasn't really a thing, but I mastered it immediately. It was <laughs> so easy. I only had to think about where I wanted to go, and then I'd go there, and I'd try to do it now, but it doesn't work here, so it must be some sort of dimensional thing. But that's, you know, on my to-do list for next time, you know. You still definitely can think about where to go and then go there. Yes, but I have to physically move my body, whereas I didn't really have to do it there. <laughs> it was fun. There was these big things that one somehow managed to follow me through. Those were very difficult to fight when, uh, you know, you're floating around in the vast emptiness of space. They're everywhere, so if you do go to that dimension, watch out for those. They, they, they will eat you. Oh. oh. Yeah. Well, we're glad you went eating, Frankie. Yeah, so so what did you guys get up to? Probably nothing fun. No. No, we got blackmailed, and then we had to fight a big monster, and then you arrived, and then we all got arrested. Uh. Seems to be the cliff notes. Mm. And now, here we are in these surprisingly comfortable seats. Frankie, are you going to tell the party about the little vision that you saw? Yeah, so Frankie is going to be like, okay, guys, everyone sit down in these really comfy seats. I've got a story to tell. And Frankie is going to describe everything in detail about what he saw and what happened. 
For more information, go listen to the last episode. <laughs> or the episode before or whenever that happened. <laughs> Wait, so you saw a vision of people killing a god? Pretty much, yeah. It was like the OG amulet holders killing a god. Wow. And the people were happy that that happened? I mean, they seemed like they wanted it to happen. People who were worshipping the god wanted her dead. I wonder if that means that we have to kill a god, you know, now that we have the amulets. But there's no gods. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm sure they like, come on now, there's got to be some god around. I thought they were just gone. Maybe we have to bring them back. How do you bring back a dead god? You can't bring back a dead person. Well, Frankie literally just did some interdimensional travel, so I'm sure there's a way for us to bring back a god. I mean, interdimensional travel is one thing, but... Gods and, and birds stuck everywhere. Like, ugh, this is a crazy time. This is this is way more than sales, guys. Some things are, are starting to make sense, though. Like, magic disappeared, probably as a result of that specific event. Mm. Actually, yeah, now that you say it. Frank pulls out his on-the-go board of conspiracies with the string. (laughs) He unfolds it because it's a large piece of parchment, and he's like, yeah, well, as you can see from this diagram, and there's pictures of, like, the original, you know, there's six, and there's, uh, you know, everyone there, and there's a string linking to something with a question mark, and, like, you know, it's like, I've been uh, thinking about this extensively, and it's all coming together, but not. (laughs) Wow, Frankie, you've been working on this a long time. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Hyperfixation, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good good work. You've worked really hard. Quality of the craftsmanship. <laughs> and then you guys hear a small like voice that echoes around the room. And it says, Excuse me, but are you the parchment people? Flynn like looks around like quickly like what? <laughs> Uh, yes, hi, I'm Ida, the manager of janitorial services at JBPC. <laughs> How can I help? Re- really? So you you guys beat up the giant goose? Oh, yeah. Yes. Excuse me, where are you? And and you survived against the vampires? Uh, of course we did. I, I'm sorry, who is this? And he goes, wow. Okay, hang on. And then behind one of the chairs, there's actually a, a little, like, a vent like an air vent, and from, you know, coming out of the air vent, you can see two little black shoes, two pulled up socks, and skinny little legs, and a pair of shorts, like, backing out of the vent. And before long, there's a small human teenage boy wearing what looks like a school uniform. He's carrying a book under one arm, and he, like, stands up and brushes himself off, and he smiles at you all, and he's like, Hi, I'm Silver, and you guys are so cool! Hey, weren't you at that wrestling match? The non-canon wrestling match? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean that semi-canon wrestling match i don't know maybe it hasn't happened yet he looks around at all of you and he points at you karen he says i can't believe it you're bossy boss, bossy boss? <laughs> he looks over at you flynn and he's like and you have to be money bags oh he's like shaking a little bit like jiggling a bit and he turns to frankie and he's like oh my god and you must be smarty pants that's <laughs> me Frankie pulls up his pants a little bit. And he turns to Idafa and he's like, You must be Mr. Sourpout! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I do agree with that one. He he does, he does pout a lot. Excuse me. And he pouts. 
<laughs> so, Silver, you said? Yeah, that's right. It's nice to meet you, young man. What are you doing in the vents? Oh, I live here. And the vents are like how I get around, because that way Army can't follow me. It's okay, she's not coming. Who's Army? Wait. Oh, Army's the armor. Don't worry about it. Like, I got her this time, so it's cool. You say not to worry about it, but I have very little context for what's going on. So I'm a little bit worried that you are a child who is being stalked in a castle. Oh no, it's fine. Army's like... Your nanny? I guess she does like follow me around, but like she's here to protect me. It's cool. Nothing happens in the castle, so it's fine. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait. So what you... Why am I called... Why do you call me Mr. Sourpout? Oh, well... Minnie tells me bedtime stories about you guys, and like, I am smart enough, right, because I'm like 13 now. I know when she's lying, and because she's so bad at making stuff up. And so when she tells me stories about you guys, I know that they're true, because there's too much detail, you know? She like, knows the actual stuff that happened. And so like, sometimes I ask for a bedtime story, and she tells me about the parchment people, and I just think that you guys are the coolest. And I heard that some people got brought to the castle and like they're busy fighting, right? So I wanted to come meet you guys. And indeed you can actually like, once you stop to listen, you actually can hear some like muffled, two like muffled shouting voices oh. bouncing off the marble outside the door. It's just somewhere in the castle. Wow, they sure are fighting. We're in a bit of a predicament. So here's the thing is that it's my birthday today and... I actually need a little bit of help. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, actually, like a really cool birthday. I'm 13 now. So like, <laughs> pretty much a grown up and everything. Oh. So I was wondering if you guys could give me a hand to set up my party because I can't do the crepe paper by myself. Oh, yeah, of course. And you can't have a party without crepe paper, right? You are so right. Do you guys help me out a little bit? And then I'll invite you to my birthday. That would be amazing. Guys, right? We, we want to help Silver with his birthday. Yeah. That sounds fantastic, Silver. Oh my god, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my god, I can join the parchment people. But I don't know much about paper, I just have this. He picks up the book, and he, like, opens it to the pages towards you guys. And as he turns the pages, you can see, like, moving sketches. And they're all kind of, like, from the point of view of someone very small. And he, like, turns the pages, and when one of them, you can see, like, uh, a very large, muscular, pale woman in armor with a big halberd patting him on the head, and he turns the page again, and you can see an image that you recognize to be the administrator. And it's kind of like, on a bedside, you can see part of his bed, you know, with his little legs underneath the covers, and you can see the administrator, like, telling him a story at night. You flip the page again, and you can see another woman, this one you don't recognize, performing, like, illusions for him. Oh. Um, and you turn the, he turns the page again, and you can see the administrator and the admiral fighting with each other. Like, they're screaming at each other, and you don't really get a lot out of it, but you hear the word, like, purpose, and he flips the page again, and there's, like, another instance of the two fighting, and you hear the word, like, leader, and then, you know, you, he flips the page again, and there's another one, and you hear the word traitor, and then he, he like, freezes a little bit, and he closes the book. So, is it, like, movies in this book? Oh no, this is like my memories. I can go back and like look at anything I've seen. It's cool. It's my, it's my memory book. That is cool, Silver. We don't have anything like that at the Parchment Company. It's okay if you don't know much about Parchment. I'm, I'm not a Parchment expert myself. I'm a resource manager. What is that? Well. <gasps> oh, because you're bossy boss. Yeah, she just tells people what to do. She's very bossy. 
I make sure that everybody is happy when they are working. And if anybody has any problems, they come and see me and I try to sort it out. He looks at you with like anime, like shining eyes. And he's like, that sounds so important. And I leans down to Silver and he's like, yeah, I think you've got that nickname real spot on. She is the bossiest woman I've ever met. <laughs> well, it's not my nickname. It's what the administrator called you guys. The administrator called me that? Well, that was the names in the stories. I will have a talk to that woman. <laughs> <laughs> What's your real name, Mr. Sour, Mr. Sourpout? Oh, hi. I am Idafa, and he shakes his hand. Oh, wow, that's super cool. Do you think that I could still call you Mr. Sourpout sometimes? Because it's like a cool superhero name. Yeah, you can yes. You can call me that. Do it's it. Okay. <laughs> he does shake your hand and he's like trying to be all like proper and grown up when he does it. And he like, <laughs> has, a, has a tough grip and he's like, hmm, very good. Well, met. he goes up to the door and he literally just like holds his book up and like looks in it. And he's like, yeah, okay. And he starts like fiddling with the handle a little bit. And then there's a big clunk and he's like, yeah, cool. Okay, let's go. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Just quickly. The Admiral did tell us not to leave, but... Are you telling us we can? Like, I feel like, you know, you're an adult now. You can tell people, you can give them orders, right? Yeah, cool. It's my house. Okay. Roll an insight check. That is a 17. Frankie rolled an 8. Karen rolled an 18. This is a teenage kid who's like, Karen, if one of your teenagers was like, if, if you locked someone in your closet and then one of your teenagers let them out, you'd probably be pretty annoyed about that. Frankie? It's probably fine. He seems like he knows what he's talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe we should leave a note. Ido is going to use this kid saying that it's totally fine for us to do this as gospel. Like, if anyone tells us we should, we can't, I'm just going to be like, yep, well, Silver here, who owns the castle, is he said that we can do this. He leads you guys down the hall. You're actually going towards the shouting. And when you get to a certain door, like a big archway, he turns around and he holds a finger up to his lips and then he like goes low and like sneaks past the open space and then he like waves you guys towards him. And you can, you can hear what the Admiral and the Administrator are fighting about. This is a blatant, intentional misinterpretation of your purpose. And the Administrator is like, please, if anything is a blatant twisting of one's purpose, how about the blind eye you're turning on all the magic that's flowing into the city? And the Admiral's like, that's different. I'm conserving resources. And then the Administrator's like, oh, resources. Well, now who's doing somebody else's tasks then, Admiral? And they just like carry on like this, just being huge bitches to each other. It's fine. I love it. Karen just walks past. The best way to sneak past someone is to pretend that you're already there. So she just keeps up a, a solid pace and just walks like she's supposed to be there. I snuck like the teenager. <laughs> Yeah, same. <laughs> Frankie is going to sneak because I, I guess that's what, you know, everyone else, well, okay, shit. No one else is sneaking? Oh. Okay, well, everyone except Karen, roll me stealth checks. 19. I don't need to roll stealth because I'm supposed to be there. No, you failed. No! Oh. <laughs> I don't got a 21. Frankie got a natural 20. Okay, yeah, I think Frankie kind of like cancels out Karen's failure. <laughs> So you guys do like sneak past and Karen, like you're like short enough. You just like walk, you know, regularly. And like these two are like 
right in each other's faces just screaming and they're so like caught up in what they're doing that none of them notice like neither of them notice you they're in like a big like war room type you know room with the big circle table and the whiteboards and stuff and they're just going at it arguing with each other like neither of them look up but they're both like red-faced and like right in each other's faces and you can tell from like the way that they're doing this and like also you saw it a bunch in silver's book like this is something that happens a lot And Silver like leads you up some stairs and like around a few corners and you end up in a like a really nice dining space like you know the big long table and there's you know big fireplaces and lots of grand paintings up on the walls except there's like you know a pin the tail on the donkey like over top of one of the paintings and a bunch of like paper plates are like out but there's no food on them it basically looks like a child has attempted to set up his own party decorations Aww Sweetheart Yeah by this point, it's like 6 a.m. 6 a.m.? Because remember, you guys were doing all your stuff in the middle of the night. It was, yeah, it was night when you time. first went into Ace Alley, it was nighttime, so. Karen kind of pulls Flynnvar to one side and, she's, and she looks at all the decorations, which are quite childlike still because he's only 13. She goes, Okay, so I'm not great at human lifespans. <laughs> Is 13 an adult or not? No. No, no? he's a tiny child. Oh! Okay, well, oh dear. Okay, well, we're here now. <laughs> it's go probably going to be fine. So, Silver! Yeah? What was it you needed help with, darling? Well, you see, like, I'm gonna have a big party in here, and I want it to be impressive. Uh-huh. Because I hope people come. And so, I just wanted to make it, you know, look nice and colorful, and, like, set up some games and stuff, because maybe some other kids will come. Do you guys know any kids? Well, we know like a sewer full of them, but... We do know a sewer full of children! As long as you're not pudding, they'll come. Yeah, true, actually. Um, have you invited anyone, Silver? No, I don't actually know any other kids. So, I was kind of hoping that you guys could help me invite some people. I really just know my aunties. And, I guess, my dad and whatever, but like... Are there phones? I don't remember if we have phones in this... in this world. <laughs> no, there's no phones. We have, we have a sending stone. Who's got the other side of it? You, you have still haven't figured that out yet. Just send a sort of random stone. Hello? Kids' birthday party at the, at the palace. Let's go. Here's what I'm thinking. I think that those kids in the sewer probably would be able to get to the palace because sewers go everywhere. And so do people who live in them. So if we can find a way to contact them, we've probably got a good 50 children who can just have a birthday party. And don't some of you guys also have, like, you know, kids and little sisters? Yes. You have two sisters. My children are a little bit older than Silver, but I mean older as in dwarf older as well as as well as well age older. But they'd, they'd, they'd be happy to come, I'm sure. But also immediate thought isn't to be like, let's invite our family to our imprisonment. <laughs> yeah, not exactly at the top of my list. Ido turns to Silver and he's like, so where's the nearest, like, manhole? What do you mean? Oh, so there's these things in the ground, right? And it's a circle. And you can lift the cover off, and there's like a whole world under there. Oh, oh, right. I think we agreed that we weren't going to call them manholes. I, I specifically remember that joke somewhere. We're calling them sewer grates. Was it a different game where we decided not to call them manholes? No, I'm pretty sure that was back in the goose thing, where we, we said manhole too much, and we had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sewer lid we'll go with. He's like, oh yeah, sewer lids. We don't call them anything else. <laughs> 
Oh, no, but it's still early, right? If you guys help me to, you know, set up my decorations and make it look good, then you can just go and get people and bring them back. It's fine. I'll also write out some invitations. Oh, thank you so much. That's really money bags. That's so nice of you. Oh, sorry. My name's Flynn. Oh, hi. Hi, Flynn. It's nice to meet you. Frankie will be like, I have a special gift for you, but I need to make it. Oh, that is so cool. I'll get something for your birthday, too, and then we'll be real friends. Okay, so I want each of you guys to describe what you're doing to help set up this party. And then I'll have you roll a performance check to see how well you do. It's a 13-year-old's birthday party. It's in a very, very, like, grand, proper, pompous, like, dining hall. But also, like, the, the decorations are very childish. So, one at a time, tell me what you're doing to help with the party. I'm literally sitting at the nice table writing out hundreds of decorations with my little writing kit. Quite small, that you can just pop into, like, slip into places. Awesome. Frank is going to, he's going to use his magical tinkering and he's going to just find, I don't know, he has something in his, like a, a small stone, I guess, in his pocket and he is going to imbue this tiny non-magical object with a magical property of my choice. Okay. There's a little ornament on one of the shelves, like I'm on the mantel somewhere. Yep. And I'm going to imbue that with a non-verbal sound and he's, at first he was going to like try and do something like really cool but he accidentally farts so it records a fart noise and now it just makes it does fart noises okay so the, imagine it's a little like statue of a knight on a horse and it just makes fart noises whenever you touch it yes it little toots and that's going to be two silver and he's going to wrap it up as best as he can with what parchment he has so it's going to be frankie styles so it's going to look horrible but it's the thought that counts exactly Idafa is going to, you know, because he has crepe paper, right? Yeah, he's got streamers and crepe paper and, like, you know, happy birthday signs and stuff. Oh, because Ida's a tall boy, he's going to hang those up nice and tall and make it look really well, as nice as he possibly can. I guess it depends on the roll. <laughs> roll me a performance check. Okay. And Flynn, you roll me a performance check too for your invitations. Okay. Ida got a 25. Yeah, they look really good, and you've managed to get like a good color pattern going. So it's like pink, blue, yellow, pink, blue, yellow. Silver's like really excited with it. He was like standing on a chair and kind of like directing you. Was not any help, but like you kind of pretended that it was, you know, you were following his instructions and you did really well. Flynn, what did you get? 29. The invitations are pro fish. Like they're on little card. You know the uh, the writing's got all the like flicky, you know, curves and serifs on it. The the name is spelt correctly. You know, he's uh, you invited them to Silver's thirteenth birthday party. Karen, what are you doing to help? Karen has been setting up the game. Okay. So there was one pin the tail on a donkey game, but she's been setting up more games all over the hall. She's setting up a pinata. There's a a lolly scramble that's ready to go. Oh. There's some other games for kids. Twister. Yes! Twister, Twister's up. Yeah, cool. Roll me a performance check. I can do that for you. <laughs> it's a natural 20. <laughs> oh my god. This kid's game's gonna rock. Imagine that part of this room is like a mini carnival now. There's like, you know, you managed to, you, there were all these boxes in the corner of the room and like one of them's like those clowns that go from side to side, little water guns that can like pop, you know, like inflate balloons. Got like a ton of like, you know, there's Twister. There's like a big like life-size Monopoly where everyone can like stand on it. There's like a, what appears to be like, you lay this mat down and when you stand on it, it's enchanted and it plays tunes like a piano. 
yeah, there's all kinds of games and you'd like manage to set them all up. It looked like the corner of the room looks like a little carnival. It looks really well done. Well, she does have three children after all. She's done a few birthdays. Yeah, this ain't your first rodeo. <laughs> so you come all in together at the head of the table and Silver's kind of standing on the table and looking around with his hands on his hips and he like claps his hands together and he's like, I think we did a pretty good get away from him. <laughs> And behind you, in the door, you can see the Admiral and the Administrator and their swords drawn and their like sizzling energy smoking from their eyes. And the Administrator is like coming in and she's like, get away from him right now. And the Admiral's like right behind her. He's like, where the hell is the armor? And for a moment, the two of them seem to have forgotten their squabble. They're fully focused on the four of you. And from behind them, you can hear some like weird rubbly footsteps. And then the enormous muscular, equally pale, but just enormous woman wearing full plate armor and wearing a halberd like bursts into the room. And she appears to have like chunks of marble stuck to the bottom of her feet. The administrator turns and she's like, where the hell have you been? And the armor's like, sorry, he glued my shoes to the floor again. <laughs> Flynn's gonna like put one hand up and then hold out like an invitation to yell at like, Whoop. Yeah, the, the, the women do not, they are not, to be reasoned with right now they all look furious there's like energy coming out of their eyes and you can see like behind their backs there's like something flickering and the armor she turns to flinvar and she says you are in the way of my purpose back away from the boy now yep he does when she says now there's like a burst of light and and suddenly she's sporting two beautiful incorporeal wings that appear to be like just made out of magic and she points her halberd at you and then says in a radiant echoing voice silver come here these beings will be slain in your name and similarly bursts of light come from the admiral and wings composed of dark amber fire sprout from her and like this fire just comes like spilling out of her mouth as she joins the armor sword drawn Aaron says uh silver I thought you said this was your house. The tension in the room is rising and the holy servants are inching closer with their weapons drawn. Roll for initiative. Kia ora, Penia. I hope you're enjoying the episode and you don't get too much whiplash from that hard left swerve we took with this one's plot. I had so much fun running Intro to D&D at Wellycon in October. Over two days, I played a whopping 18 hours of D&D one-shots for Wellingtonians both fresh to and experienced in the game, and I could not have had a better time. Thank you to everyone who sat at one of my tables and went on an adventure with me, and to Fade of Eisen DM Jules Bergeser, who not only did a spectacular job arranging the whole thing, but who also put me up and drove me around and took really good care of me. I'll certainly be back in 2023 if you'll have me. Thank you very much to our JBPC patrons who support our show with their wallets and their hearts. James Courtright, Samsara at Gamers ADHD, Waffles the Magic, Claire McDonald, Jules Bergeser, Bachelor Katarina von Palimpsest, Shubnali, Alex Moore, and Linden Hood. You're all such homies, and you're also invited to Silver's birthday party. If you would like to become a supporter of the terrible adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's Parchment Company, go check out patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast. There are multiple tiers with lots of different rewards you can unlock, and we post patron-only exclusive content there from time to time.
Music credits. Thanks to Matt Adams for Strange Stuff. Big Biz Studio for Don't Look Inside. Reed Mathis for Birthday Cake. Quinn Sass Moria for Lucky Rubber Ducky and Kazoom. Kevin McLeod for Dreams Become Real and Inner Light. And Asher Falero for Wandering Soul. As always, our social media pages are facebook.com slash Janice and Breffitt's podcast and at JBPC podcast on Twitter. And keep an eye on that Kiwi RPG hashtag for all sorts of things that Kiwi creators like us are doing with their projects. Well, that's it for now. I guess we should get back and see how this situation resolves. I love how at the beginning of this, Penny was like, you know, if we do, do this well, hopefully there won't be initiative. No, I said we wouldn't do combat. <laughs> I actually rolled pretty good on initiative this time. What'd you get? 19. I don't got a 7. Nice. Ben got 13. Cool. Frankie got 15. Right, so let me just roll. We got a 4, a 12, and a 26. Alright. First up is Silver. He's going to run out in between everyone. Spreads his arms out wide and he says, Stop! I pardon them. And the Aesimer, like, stare at him, dumbfounded. They kind of relax their weapons for a bit and their glowing eyes and their wings start to fade. And the administrator's like, well, hang on a second, young man. I don't recall anyone saying you even have the ability to do that. And he opens his book, shows a page to the angels, and you can hear the administrator's voice. And when you're 13, you'll gain all sorts of imperial powers, like the ability to declare war and the ability to pardon allies. And he snaps the book shut and he says, (laughs) as of today, I'm 13. So all of you, Mini, Mira, Army, quit treating me like a little kid and don't embarrass me in front of the heroes! And the Admiral and the Armour kind of look at each other and then they look at the Administrator and the Administrator just like shrugs and the wings fade away and the sisters stop brandishing the weapons at each other and initiative is now over. Yay! (laughs) And the Administrator looks down at Silver and says, all right, your highness, now what? They've seen you. And the boy looks back at you And then back at the sisters and says, I decree that they are invited to my birthday party today. Yay. And they've already said that they'll come. And Ido picks up behind him just like, um, and also we do have a bunch of kid friends that would like to come. So. (laughs) And the administrator's like, I don't even recall a discussion about even having a birthday party. And he cracks open the book again and you can hear the administrator's voice. And it says, and on the day you turn 13, we'll have the biggest, grandest party, and there'll be performers and cake, and you can invite anyone you want. And he snaps the book shut, and the administrator sighs and, like, rubs her eyes, and she's like, I hate that. I hate that fucking thing. Hey, hey, language. Karen is getting a little bit upset now because the administrator's being mean to her charge, and she says, what do you mean not having a birthday party? Every child deserves to have a birthday party, and they deserve to be welcomed and they deserve to have friends they deserve to not be alone and i don't think you're representing this child very well at all he's not happy he's an adult karen oh i'm so sorry silver you are 13 now and i don't humans you know this this young man he's lonely okay roll me uh insight check yeah 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 19 when you are saying this you can see the administrator like she looks really she's sucking on her lip and you could see that she wants to respond to you 
but she doesn't. She just stands there and takes it for a minute. And Silver's gained himself a little bit of confidence now. And he's like, comes towards the, the aunties and he's grabbing them by the hand and he's like, yeah, what they said. And they're coming to my party and, and he points to Admiral and he's like, you're not allowed to arrest them when they leave here. And then he kind of speaks to the room in general and he's like, and no one's allowed to cut their throats in their sleep either, sassy. And then from somewhere in the shadows, you hear someone go, what? And Silver turns slightly, like, he's addressing <laughs> all the pale women in the room and he's like, so aunties, is everyone cool? Can we just like chill out and have a party now? And all of them kind of like mumble responses. And, <laughs> <laughs> and excuse me, Silver, can we please have our, our seals back? Yeah, our seals. Good thinking. Oh, I've been rolling really nicely. What? Uh, 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 19 plus 9. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah sure. Silver's like, you got it, money bags. And he like walks up and like holds his hand out. And the Admiral does put the four seals into his hand. And he runs out and he distributes them to all of you guys. And he's like, cool. So let's go get some kids. It's a little while later, and the party is in full swing. There's a troupe of bards playing music for a well-decorated room. There's lots of sweets and baked goods out, and cr the crepe paper is perfect. Silver's having the time of his little life. Who did you all invite, and how are you spending your time at the party? Karen went and got her three kids, and they are under very strict instructions because they would be some of the older children of the party. I would say maybe... They are under strict instructions to make sure that everybody feels included. Karen's dwarf kids are running interference on making sure that everybody gets a little prize and, you know, has a good time and has enough to eat and enjoys what's going on. And Karen is kind of surveying the whole thing because she is, as we have previously established with that role, <laughs> a party maven. <laughs> She is very good at throwing kids' birthday parties. Yeah. Flynn had invited the sewer kids. You happen to bump into Tuffle and Truffle. They brought about 50 random kids with them. You know, little, you know, street urchin kids who are really, really out of place here, but are having the time of their lives. They're like stuffing their faces with like candy and baked goods and like a lot of them are dancing to the music and heaps of them are like just playing with Silver. He's having the best time. Like they're a bit younger than him for the most part, but like he is just having so much fun with like lots of other kids around. Frankie and Idafa, what are you doing at the party? Are you joining in? Are you like watching? What are you up? I'm dancing. You're dancing. I'm doing, yeah, I'm dancing in front of the bars doing like, you know, those fun, like, uncle moves. <laughs> Frankie would have just quickly ran home, went to get his sisters, you know, so that they could to join in. And then he sort of just was like, well, where you go, have fun. He doesn't want to be those, that overbearing, like, brother to follow them around. He wants them to have a good time. So he's just sort of watching all the kids playing games, but he's over by the food. And he's just sort of bopping along and his mouth is full of cake. And, you know, he's just having a good time watching everything. Every 15 minutes, Karen circles by like a shark, like, are you still having a good time, Frankie? Is everything all right? Yes. Yes? Okay, good. Playing a host at a party that's not at your house. Yeah, and then off she off she goes again to make sure everybody else is doing all right. <laughs> Ido didn't invite anyone because he doesn't really know anything, like, you know. Ido does quickly head home, though, while everyone's doing their things and just, like, lets his parents know that he's okay <laughs> and pats the cat. And it's just like, hey, mum and dad, I'm just going to go to a party. I will be back 
at some point. I'll be honest, I don't know when, but I will be back. Don't worry, I am safe. I've got Karen with me, you know, she'll, she'll look after me. I'll see you later. Love you, bye. And heads back to the house and he is hanging out with Karen, just kind of like as her assistant. Just like, is, is there anything you need me to do, Karen? Like, <laughs> a lot of the kids think that you're like the cool older kid and especially like a lot of the girls are like giggling and they keep inviting you to come play the games with them. Do you participate? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing whatever I can to make everyone have a good time. A lot of the a lot of the kids keep like trying to include you in the games and like Silver especially is like he's my like cool friend. Like I, I already knew him, you know, he was the one who like came to my party and whatever and like do you intentionally lose like do you let silver beat you at game yeah i was just gonna say i'm gonna like make it so that silver feels like you know it's his special day i want him to win the games like man you're so good at this game i oh i can't believe you beat me i'm i'm usually really good at this but you've just smashed me roll me a deception check i'll roll his i'll roll i'll roll his insight okay come on you're pretty good at that I got a, I got a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> he rolled a 19 on insight, so... Does he at least know my intentions are good? Yeah, so, like, he 100% knows that you're losing on purpose, but, like, he, he's kind of into it. Like, he, he sort of, like, thinks that it's really nice. He's very, like, he's very intuitive, and he definitely knows that you're doing it on purpose, but, like, doesn't call you out on it, and sort of just lets, you know, lets himself get the wins. Uh, okay, can I at least make another performance roll to make the other kids think that I'm doing it right? Sure, yeah, okay, roll me performance for them. Eleven. <laughs> like, they're little kids, right? Like, I actually, I'll roll, I'll roll their insight. They got a two, so like, yeah, you do fine. Idafa does it very dramatically and like, winks at Silver while he's doing it, and all the little kids are like, Wow, Silver, you're so cool! And he's like, I know, Silver's so cool! <laughs> A lot of them, especially the kids from the sewer, have seen you before and kind of know what you're about. So, like, if you're losing, that means Silver must be pretty good at these games. Uh, but, like, for example, like, Karen's kids aren't buying it, but they're also not. Like, they're under strict instructions to just roll with it. So, like, it's fine. So partway through the party, maybe like an hour in, the door to the room, one of the doors to the rooms opens and a tall, handsome man in his 40s with long, dark hair and a regal cloak enters. Everyone just roll me history checks real quick. Ado got a 17. Frankie got a 21. I got distracted because I rolled a natural 20. What was I rolling for? <laughs> History. History. 20. Karen is so focused on the party, she doesn't even notice this man walking in. She has no idea who he is. She rolled a natural one. She's like, she's like <laughs> another another guest. Host mode. <laughs> Yeah, Karen is so focused on what she's doing, she doesn't really pay a lot of attention. But the rest of you, the other three of you, this is the Emperor. This is Silver Timinius himself has walked into the room. For a second, the whole room stops and he kind of just like waves everyone to continue. And then he sits down near the administrator uh, at one end of the table and just starts quietly looking over paperwork and like just, you know, quietly maybe whispering to her or whatever. Roll me perception checks, everyone. Oh, actually, roll me, yeah, either perception or insight checks. Look at a seven. Listen, Karen doesn't even know he's there. She's still very focused on the kids. I rolled another natural one. Oh my wow. god. She's like, an, she's like an adult? I don't care. <laughs> I'd have got an unnatural 20. Frankie rolled a 23 perception. Cool. All right, so both of you do notice when 
silver like the emperor comes in that silver the kid is not happy about it like he's he's like scowling over at the at the part of the table that that silver and or the older silver and uh, and the administrator are sitting at and like he keeps like looking over there and just like looks really upset about it but he's like he's trying not to like let it bother him he's trying to have a good time but you do notice that like he does keep looking over there i don't would like to just kind of like they take silver to the side and be like hey you you having a good time man yeah yeah it's great this party's really cool thanks man okay well you know let me know if there's anything i can do but yeah let's keep having fun man oh yeah cool actually there was one thing that i thought we could do oh yeah um, yeah Will you be my partner for the for the three-legged race? Yo, absolutely. Let's do it. You've got the longest legs, so like we'll we'll absolutely kill it, man. We will crush it, dude. It's a party. Everyone's having a good time. You're dancing, you like enjoying the food, you're administrating children, which for some reason is what you like to do. And it's really nice. And Idafa, maybe like an hour into the party, one of the sisters comes up to you. And it takes you a minute because it's uh, she's wearing a red dress that you happen to recognize. Oh. The assassins come up to you. Oh, hello. Hello, Idafa. How was you uh, on this day? Uh, um, is, this not, is this not how you pray for me? I, uh, <laughs> um, hmm. <laughs> hello. Uh, nice to see you again. How are you, how are you enjoying the party? Well, I cannot assassinate you, so I am a little disappointed about this, but it's fine. Yeah, the, you know, it's fine. Yeah, there are other things you can do. <laughs> like, you know, like a dance. Like, do, do you, would you like to dance? Are you actually asking the assassin to dance with you? Yes. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Roll me a, uh, roll me a persuasion check. Oh my god. The confidence of a teenager. I rolled a six. Well, I got six. <laughs> The assassin, like, is like, oh, yes, I would love to dance with you. Let's go. Let us go to the dance floor and show them what this is all about. And, and you know, you're leading her over towards the dance floor. And at one point, you turn back and you look and, and she's just gone. <laughs> she, like, told you she would dance with you. And then as soon as she got a chance, she, like, vanished into a shadow somewhere. <laughs> all right, that's okay. And he just starts kind of dancing on his own. Like he meant to. Frankie sees this embarrassing moment happened and he just he gulps down his punch confidently like struts over there and taps Ido on the shoulder and he's like I'll dance with you thanks man and we, we do a little joke together both of you roll me either dexterity checks or performance checks to see how awkward you are at dancing the performance is 14 nice not bad you got some groove my performance is 6 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frankie, like, yeah. your arms and legs being in the right places has never been your big strength. Like, you, the enthusiasm is there, and it's clear that, like, you do want to be dancing, but you do, like, it's more flailing than, than gracefulness. That's true. I'm imagining one of those wiggly men. <laughs> the wacky waving arm flailing inflatable tube men. Yes. That's, that's literally Frankie. Yeah, perfect. Well, you know, he's... It's a party. You're having a good time. Some of the kids think you're a trendsetter, so like a lot of the kids are copying you, and you can't tell if they're like genuinely dancing the dance or they're making fun of you, but they're doing it. Flynn, at one point, a pale woman that you don't recognize, wearing like a big pope hat type thing, comes up to you and introduces herself. I actually uh, think I might recognize you. I'm the Archmage, and I believe that you might have just sold my school a bunch of paper. Oh, it's lovely to meet you. Yes. Um. Yeah. She. She. Tips her big weird hat at you. 
how's the paper treating you? Do you need some more or a different upgrade? Like, I'm more than happy to... I think we're good for the time being, but it's good paper. So good. So It's my favourite, to be honest. My favourite blend. How are you enjoying the party? Mmm. It's alright. To be honest with you, I don't really get out a lot. I'm supposed to watch over the school, but there's nothing happening there, so... This is probably the most exciting thing that's happened in my life for about 100 years. One... 100 years, ma'am? Yeah. Well, you wear it well. Well, when, you're, when your purpose is all about magic and there's no magic, it's, um... Yeah. And she takes a little flask out from her pocket and pours it into her party punch. Has a has a bit of a, a swig from it. She's, she's like drinking alcohol and it's like... It's like 8.30 in the morning and she is... She's a day drinker! <laughs> she is jaded. And she kind of like goes to, you know, she's like, oh, fairy bread. And she like goes to like move towards it. But she does trip over you a little bit, Flynn. And you do fall over with her, like kind of tumble over together. And your hat does come off for a second. Oh. Wellby. It's fine. Wellby keeps himself invisible even when he's under your hat. So you're pretty sure it's all right. Can she see just a little club sandwich under there? <laughs> yeah, sure, she does notice that you're hiding food under your hat, but doesn't think too much of it. Flynn, what's your passive perception? 16. 16. You do actually notice that, like, as this happens, you do see the administrator kind of look over to you and raise an eyebrow. Ooh. But she doesn't, like, get up or say anything. She just carries on sitting next to the next to the emperor. Does she have true sight? Or oh, maybe. <laughs> Karen, you're doing your, you know, you're doing your rounding your games and stuff. And you take a step back and you like bump backwards into what you think is a wall. And then you turn around and you realize that the armor is standing like right behind you. <laughs> it's, it's you. It's, it's nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Karen. And she holds out her hand to shake the armor's hand. The armor like grabs your hand very tightly. Oh! And there's kind of like one of those, you know, you know when like two like tough boys like shake each other's hand and it's more like a who can squeeze the other person's hand the most. Now she does shake your hand and she's like, the boy calls me Army, but my name is the Armor. Well, it's it's a pleasure to meet you anyway. Shall we walk and talk? I've set up the pinata next. Excellent. <laughs> and and she does walk with you over towards the pinata. So. Uh, uh, how how long have you been working for the Empress family? My entire life. That's that is a long time. Romy, insight, Karen. Nine. She's not looking at you. She appears to be looking over towards the kids while you guys are talking. But like, she's still engaging. She's just not paying attention to you, really. And and you 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 have wings sometime. When I need to. Oh, that's that's cool. Um, I I know this must be uh quite different to what you're used to. It seems to be quite a quiet castle. And now there's a lot of children screaming a lot and running around. Are, are you okay? Are you having an okay time? She kind of looks at you for a bit, seemingly like considering how to answer. She does like, you can see in her head, like she's picking her words very carefully. <laughs> I'm having a fine time. The food is good. And the emperor is safe. Yes, yes, I suppose that's all true. But are you having fun? That's not my job. Well, I don't think having fun is anyone's job, except for children. That is not my purpose. Of course. A, ch a child's purpose is always to have fun. But uh, even us adults can cut loose once in a while, forget about our purpose and just have a good time. 
arm wrestle me. Absolutely, I will. <laughs> and she like, just like a nearby like table just sweeps everything off with her halberd and like puts her elbow down. I'm imagining her, she's quite gigantic, right? She's enormous. She is like one of the, like she's not quite Goliath sized, but like for a non-Goliath, she might be the largest woman that you've ever seen. <laughs> she's nearly twice the height of Karen. And Karen kind of puts her elbow on, on the table and puts her hand into an arm wrestling stance and she says, but I've I've got to warn you, I've been practicing. Uh, yeah, let's roll contested strength checks. Yep. <laughs> oh, not bad. That's a 23. Not bad. I actually got a 25, so. Oh, oh. that's pretty close though. Yeah, she rolled a 19 on dice and she got plus six to her strength. So she is a, she is a strong lady. There's a bit of tension for a bit. Like you are a good competition for her. And she looks impressed, but eventually you do start to tire out where she is just like a brick wall. And she does eventually manage to like slam your hand down with like a lot of kids gathered around and we're like cheering. And some of them were like, bossy boss, bossy boss. <laughs> it was like a cool little event that was happening. You wondered to yourself, Karen, whether or not if you were raging, maybe you might've been out of beat her. And she like beats you and she's kind of impressed a little bit. And she kind of nods at you she's like well fought and she hands you some fairy bread thank you so uh pinata next absolutely <laughs> oh, frankie you. someone sits down next to you it's the admiral uh-oh she sits down she sits down next to you she doesn't say anything for a bit but eventually she puts some shoes on the table oh, God. Oh. and she's like you might need these they're, they're nice they're like you know they're like boots for you know the right size and she's like, look, these are these are from my personal stash. Just return them to me later. We're about the same size, but Oh put, put some shoes on. Put some shoes on. And he's like, thanks. If you only knew what I've been through. He, you know, slowly grabs them and just, you know, slowly, you know, starts lacing them up and he sort of sighs a bit and he's like, I'm just a little bit confused at what, you know, you and your sisters roles are in a society like this where there's no magic yet you guys seem to uh know a lot a lot about stuff that we shouldn't she turns and she looks at the emperor for like 15 seconds just like thinking for a minute and then she turns back to you and she says when i came to be magic was things don't change all that much the god still needs to be commanded crime still exists in many forms and i still have a purpose to fulfill so were you there that day what day i've been around for many days boy i've seen a lot of very interesting things but one thing that i have never seen is what you seem to be able to do without much practice and he puts she puts the little farting knight statue on the table in front of you <laughs> this is not normal. I've read your file, the little dossier that my sister keeps on you. And why are you not at the university? Like, why are you not at the School of Magic or learned that you're, you're working for a paper company? What's up with that? As I'm sure you're aware, sometimes in life we all have to make sacrifices uh, for the greater good. She looks over at the Emperor and the Administrator again. She kind of nods and she goes, I do, I do understand. 
Look, there are very few people out in the kingdom who have your talents. You should be careful. One day they will make you a target. Frankie just stares at her for a brief, like, minute and then sort of looks back down at his drink and just sort of sits there in silent, like, yeah, he knows. She, she gets up and she puts a hand, like, on the back of your chair. I am forbidden to arrest you for what has happened today and on previous days. But if your supply becomes a problem, I'll find a way around it. Thanks. And and the Admiral kind of leaves you. Like, you don't know whether that was, like, it, it was a bit of a threat, but, like, definitely less threatening than she was earlier today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a bit softer, but something's up. Something is up. Something don't make sense. So, it's a couple of hours later, after the party, and Silver is thanking everyone on the way out of the palace, like, everyone gets a little goodie bag and a handshake, and the five sisters are standing behind him, and none of them are any good at dealing with this sort of, like, mundane politeness. They're all super awkward. And, and like, you guys are, like, at the end. You guys are, like, the last people to leave. And Silver, like, hugs each of you, and, like, Karen, you can see the, uh, the armor, like, tense. As, as he comes into physical contact with each of you, the armor's, like, ready to go, but not, like, not moving. And Silver's like, hey, thanks, you guys. This is the best birthday ever. I can't believe the actual real parchment people came to my birthday. That is so cool. <sighs> You're so welcome, Silver. While he's hugging all of you, the Admiral does pull you aside, Karen. I do hope that we at the Yamusity Guard can count on your discretion. Just as I hope that the Ymir City Guard is discreet. Fair enough. And then the Emperor himself appears, smiling benevolently at all of you. And he looks down at Silver. And the Administrator's like, Well, aren't you going to thank your father for coming to your birthday? And Silver, Silver pouts a bit and says, Next time you could invite Demi. And Admin says, That's no way to speak to your father, Silver. And Silver looks over at all of you and swallows before holding out his hand for a handshake and saying, thank you, dear father, for making an appearance at my birthday party. Put her there. <laughs> and, the, and the emperor just looks at the outstretched hand for a moment before smiling at you all again. And he turns and leaves the room. Oh. Silver scowls at the administrator and like storms out. And she kind of just watches him go with a guilty look on her face as the armor follows him out of the room. So away team you're shown out of the pallets gates free again where to now do you have anything you want to talk about home to shower <laughs> yeah i want to get home karen wants to take wants to take her kids home they already have been introduced to the rest of them but she will just show them off again because she's very proud of them for having done such a good job at the birthday party taking care of all the other smaller children and then she's going to take them all home for a nice evening at home. A nice, quiet evening, finally. And uh, Idafer and Frankie, you guys both just going home? Yeah, Frankie's got some thinking to do. Yeah, Ida just wants to get snuggled up in bed, have a nice cup of tea from his mum, and have a good sleep. And a shower, ideally. <laughs> and so we leave the away team on their way back, finally, 
from being away. We see them each arrive home. Karen, you, you know, get home and you pop your, you know, start unpacking your kids' backpacks and you start doing mum stuff, preparing dinner. Flynn, you jump into like super hot shower. I imagine that your bathroom is just like the the, the bee's knees, right? Lots of bubbles. Frankie, you, you get home, you sort of, you know, let your sisters like run around and you read to them for a bit, but you can't really concentrate on it. And you sort of just lie back staring at the ceiling, kind of just mulling over everything that's happened to you in the last, it's really hard to tell exactly how much time has passed. And Idafer, you're in your bed, you got like a nice bowl of pumpkin soup and your, your, your cat is like curled up in your lap. And what are you doing? Are you reading? Are you drawing? Are you just like listening to, you know, listening to the sound of the city? What are you up to? I think I'm actually reading, which is not a typical Ido thing to do, but it very much feels like that mood, you know, like a reading mood. What are you reading? Just a comic. Please, <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. And for now, at least, everyone's home, everyone's safe, everyone's back on the right side of the law. And everyone settles into their homes and to their beds because your leave is over. And tomorrow, it's back to the office again. It's me, Silver. They're gone now, but wow, what a day. Thanks for listening to the show. And um, I want to tell you, as a proper grown-up now, that crepe paper is a necessity for all parties. And if your gathering doesn't have it, it can't be called a party legally. That's a decree. Okay, bye.